Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our guest host, Johan. Johan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Luki. How about yourself? I'm fantastic as always. Uh, so Johan comes to us with a background in change management, psychology, career coaching, a whole bunch of different things. Uh, so Johan, if you were to describe yourself and what you're up to these days, so what are you doing now? Yeah, if I was to describe myself, you put it exactly, you know, the way I would describe it. It's an amalgamation of being an HR consultant, an IO psychologist, um, a change manager, as well as now, most recently, a career coach as well. Uh, in terms of what I'm up to right now, so I am actually on a on a break from my full-time job at Deloitte Canada because my wife and I uh, had our third baby, a baby boy, um, who's, thank you, who is turning five months just in a few days. So I've got my hands full with him. Um, but otherwise, you know, I work for Deloitte Canada as part of their internal change management practice uh, focused on internal operations. Uh, so think of this as consulting within Deloitte, Deloitte being my client. And in addition to that, you know, over the past couple of years, I've also been involved with um, coaching folks specifically in, you know, from a career perspective. So this ranges from students all the way to the leadership level. Uh, and the coaching focuses on uh, everything from gaining clarity in terms of what folks want to do next to networking, resume, LinkedIn, interview preparation, uh, all the way to negotiating salary. Um, I want to also tell the audience that I'm a huge fan of Luki. Uh, I've been following his work for the past couple of years now. Um, so I love, you know, I love all of his podcasts. I love the content he puts out there on LinkedIn, uh, his YouTube videos as well. So if you aren't following, you know, give this a follow, give this a like. And and especially if you're looking for personal development advice, career advice, Luki is the place, is the person to follow. Sounds good. Really appreciate the the kind words and and, and my ego thanks you for that. <laughs> so much. Right. So uh, obviously that's not necessarily where you started. Ha- having three kids, uh, Deloitte change management on the internal side. Uh, so if we could rewind and go back in time and and talk a little bit about Johan as a kid. So what were you like growing up? What were some early fond childhood memories? Uh, what were you like as a kid? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question. And I've been, you know, uh, thinking about this one. So as a kid, uh, first and foremost, you know, I grew up with my grandmom. So from my paternal side, um, I grew up in India in a very small city called Pune. It's it's not very small anymore because now there's a lot of folks, you know, from uh, all parts of the world working there in tech. Um, yeah. So so it's it's pretty it's pretty booming right now. So Pune is where I grew up with my grandmom for the first six years of my life. Um, as a kid, obviously growing up with a grandparent, you know, I was extremely extremely spoiled. Um, so you know, I remember playing every single day. I had a bunch of friends in the neighborhood who I used to play with. Um, all kinds of games, you know, running around, um, board games, um, and. Uh, it was less focused on academics. I would say more focused on on having fun, and uh, I would say those were the best days of my life because you know there was um, so much joy every single day in everything that I did, and you know just all of the love and affection I received from my grandmom and everyone around me, being you know the only young kind of child over there. 
So very fond memories of that. After that, I joined my parents. So my parents at the time were working in Dubai, uh, in the UAE. So I joined them at the age of six. Uh, and I grew up in Dubai from you know, the age of six to 16. So I spent about 10 years over there. Very, very different from my life in India. So in Dubai, now with my parents watching over me, it was definitely you know heavily focused on school and academics. And we were involved in quite a few extracurricular activities as well, like swimming, uh, tennis, karate. So that kept me quite, quite busy and quite occupied as well. I did quite well, actually, from an academic perspective. So I was always, you know, in the top two, top three people in my class. Um, I loved playing sports as well. So I played, you know, cricket. Um, I did swimming, played a little bit of soccer as well. Um, And and then after that, you know, in my teenage years, so the age of 16, we moved to Canada. So this was back in 2000. So it's been 23 years. Um, So I did my high school over here. I did my undergrad over here at the University of Toronto. Um, in terms of my, so this is an interesting story in terms of my major, like, you know, once I finished high school over here, I was very confused in terms of what I should pick. Uh, my, my dad is an engineer. My older brother also pursued engineering. So my, my, you know, parent, there was parental pressure around also going into engineering, which I did. So I did industrial engineering for my first year at UFT. But I quickly realized that, you know, numbers and physics and all of that uh, was not my thing. So in my second year, I actually switched over to psychology. Um, So I have my, you know, honors uh, undergrad in psychology with a minor in criminology. And and then I went on to pursue my master's in business psychology, formerly called, you know, industrial organizational psychology from the U.S., um, and then after that, I began my my career uh, working for different companies. Yeah. Sounds good. And I love if we dig down a little bit into that, where, uh, as you mentioned, okay, the, the aspirations are for you to follow in dad's older brother's footsteps to become an engineer. Um, and what was the process like, I guess, to go down that route and then ultimately to switch? Because that must not have been an easy conversation <laughs> with mom. If you could share a little no. bit about those two, that would be helpful yeah absolutely absolutely so no it was definitely not an easy conversation actually it was multiple very difficult conversations that you know that that I had to have with my parents so you know the reason I chose engineering was again because my parents thought that you know that would possibly be a good path for me it's not that I was not good with um, you know with math and with physics and all of this but it's just I didn't have an interest. Like ever since I was, you know, in my teenage years, I always had a fascination for people, right. for human behavior. Um, and, and this is why there was always that natural inclination for fields like psychology. Um, so I had to like sit them down and really make them understand that, you know, this is, um, this is something I'm really passionate about. This is something I think I will do good at. And then eventually they understood because at the end of the day, you know, they kept telling me as well that, you know, go with something where you feel that you can contribute, you feel there is that natural kind of inclination, interest, you know, enjoyment. Um, and I told them that, you know, after finishing, I promised that I will go on to do further studies. So it wouldn't be because you couldn't do much, you know, even now you can't do much with just an undergraduate degree in psychology hmm. versus an undergraduate degree in engineering. Yes, of course, there are options. You don't necessarily have to do, you know, your MBA um, although you might choose to do that later on, but you can at least get a decent job with an undergrad in engineering. 
So that was kind of the friction point as well. But uh, here we are. Um, I, I definitely, I think, managed to convince them well. So it sounds like it was, well, a little bit of uh, supportive parents where, I mean, it sounded like they wanted you to follow in the, the, the natural footsteps, but they realized that if it's a passion for you, um, they said, you know what, let, let's go with something that you enjoy. And I, it sounds like that having the extra master's or follow-on study helped seal the deal because, as you said, having an undergrad psychology, like, it's, it's pretty challenging uh, unless you have uh yeah something a little more 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 clinical or more um yes. further study uh so for the for those out there that are looking to to go more on the people side consider <laughs> having a conversation with mom and dad on on and adding kind of like like a, a promise to do a master's or something that that might help them in that conversation yeah. and during that undergrad yeah. process were you always interested on the business uh side of things because you, you ultimately went into like organizational side yeah was that something that you yeah. uh, cultivated throughout or you were exploring some different options on the psychology side so could you describe a little bit of that yeah oh, great question Luki. thanks for asking so when i was you know as i went through my second third and fourth year in psychology i actually enjoyed most of the courses i took whether those were you know very clinical focused courses or just personality psychology um right i enjoyed a lot of you know also the mental health um, kind of courses I took um, around, you know, the, the we called it like the darker side of, of psychology. Uh, and my goal was always to become either, you know, a counselor um, or, you know, go on to become a, a psychiatrist actually um, and, and possibly look at medical school because that's what's required to become a psychiatrist. Um, so there were there were a couple of options. I wasn't you know I wasn't completely firm on 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 one until I reached my fourth year, and this is where I was like, okay, I have to really now decide if I want to you know become like a counselor, clinician, or or go on to med school. And and this is where I had uh, a couple of really good conversations with my older brother. So my older brother is about four and a half years older than me, and he's someone who I've always looked up to. Uh, especially when it came to you know academics and careers and all of this, he's 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 done really really well for himself. Um, and he said, you know, look at look at other options as well. You don't have to just you know look at um, those one or two options because psychology you can do so much, right? He said, have you thought about school psychology? So there are school psychologists. Have you thought about industrial organizational psychology? And at the time, I had never heard about this. Right. And then he said, think about what you like about the clinical psychology pieces and why you want to actually get into that. And I said, you know, I enjoy working with people who are going through difficult times. Um, and at that time, luckily, I was able to get a couple of internships as well. So I did one internships with CAMH, which is, you know, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And I did another one with the Geneva Center for Autism. And while those two internships, I really, really enjoyed and it was very fulfilling to, you know, help people with autism, to help people with mental health issues. I was starting to take on a lot of that to onto myself. And this is that this is something that made me introspect that is that something that I can do long term in, in terms of a career where you know I can do a good job helping them, but I'm taking on a lot of their challenges as my own. And so I had, you know, a couple more conversations with my brother and he said, you know, look at, look at also, um, you know, industrial organizational psychology. Um, he said, you know, it focuses on psychology at the workplace. It focuses on things like, you know, making people more engaged, more productive, right? Which is, again, the people side of things, which you have always enjoyed. 
and then you're not taking on the strain of you know um, other people's clinical issues. And so I started reading about that and and exploring that and spoke to a few people who had gone through that journey. Um, to answer your question, like I wasn't interested in business as much. Uh, and what I found out was IO psychology or industrial organization psychology uh, is focused on the workplace, but you don't really need you know a strong business background or or a strong interest in business. So it it worked out you know perfectly from an interest perspective. And I said, you know what, let's just go and 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 pursue it. And, and that's what I did. Sounds good. What I took from that is have lots of conversations with mentors. So be it older brothers or people in the industry doing something that you want to do, uh, because oftentimes they provide a good lens in terms of, well, is that really what it's like to do it? Or is it just some like Hollywood glamorized version of, of what I <laughs> what I think it is? And then you also uh, touched on something where you had this uh, thought that, well, business, I, I need to know like numbers, finance, accounting and stuff like that. Well, no, actually, if you peel back the, the layers, it is in the context of business, but it's still very people focused. So maybe testing some of those assumptions are, are quite helpful. And then um, the other aspect of it where you talked about doing the internships at CAMH and, and the Geneva Center for Autism. Sometimes, yeah, on the, on the psychology side, there is a lot that uh, clinicians take on themselves, right? Like it is, it is a rough <laughs> uh, occupation that, that you take because they're talking about their problems, right? And and if you don't kind of build the uh, ability to 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 weather their storms, then your storms will be that much more challenging. So uh, just being aware of of where you can best help, um, because you could have, but realizing that you're probably better suited in, in other aspects would be great. So, and I'd love if you continued on the journey with uh, okay, graduating and now uh, moving through two different areas where ultimately now you're, you're more on like the, the, the change management side of things. Uh, I, I guess yeah. there's a, it's a close cousin <laughs> of, of, of ISO, IO. Um, but yeah, if you can walk us through a little bit of some of the, the, the skills and the experiences that you had along the way to kind of get to where you are right now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I actually then, you know, once I finished my undergrad in psychology, I pursued my master's right after undergrad um, in industrial organization psychology. Uh, I went to the U.S. to pursue this at a small college, a uh, small university called the University of New Haven. Um, they have an affiliation with Yale, Yale University as well in Connecticut. So I did some courses, um, you know, over there as well. So decent program, you know, not a very big, uh, renowned kind of university, but a good, reputable university specifically for the I.O. psychology field. Um, so I spent a couple of years, you know, doing my master's over there. Um, and I took courses like, you know, organizational behavior, psychometrics, uh, employee engagement, right? Like the typical statistics, um, those kind of courses. And and we had to then pick a stream between, you know, going for the HR route or going for the organizational development uh, or consulting route. Um, I wasn't as much interested in HR, especially the traditional HR with, you know, comp and benefits, total rewards, recruitment. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the consulting and the OD. So I picked that stream. And, and for my f final semester, I took those courses. I also had a couple of internships over there. Um, so so I, I gained some experience, you know, in terms of, you know, what it's like to work in IO type of jobs. So I had a couple of internships, uh, again, a small boutique uh, firms. And then when I graduated... I was extremely, I don't know, I, I guess I would, I would thank my stars. I was extremely fortunate to grab a job right after graduation. 
And I think I was the one of the first ones in my cohort of, I think, like 30, 40 people to, to get a job. Um, it wasn't a big, fancy company. It was actually a, a, a company with five employees. Um, it was a boutique boutique consultancy that focused on psychometric assessments. Um, so the company is called Performance Programs. Um, and it's like a husband, wife, and they have a couple of employees, IO psychologists, um, who essentially administer all kinds of assessments to big companies. So even though they are a company of five people, the assessments they administer and the coaching they do as a follow-up to those assessments are to Fortune 500 companies, um, so big-name companies. So that was really you know, quite an experience for me uh, going out of grad school. And I think it was a good stepping stone for me uh, where you know I didn't right away start with a big company because I generally get very intimidated when it's something that's, you know, beyond my scope, uh, especially from a work perspective. So this was perfect. You know, they were extremely uh, good people and, you know, they helped me learn, they helped me grow. And I got a lot of exposure to, you know, 360 assessments, personality assessments, cognitive assessments, employee engagement surveys, change management surveys. Um, so I was there for two years. In the U.S., my plan was always to come back to Toronto because this is where, um, you know, I had my family, essentially my friends from high school. So I never planned on staying in the U.S. long term. So what happened after two years was um, <clears throat> I saw an opportunity at Accenture, uh, you know, a big global consultancy, and it looked interesting. It was that for a, a consultant level position, and I applied for it. You know, I was like. I'm 99% sure I'm not going to get this. You know, who's who in Accenture is going to hire someone who's working for a small boutique consultancy? But I was surprised. They actually called me for an interview, um, and 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 they said the position is actually for a change management consultant. At this point, I had very limited knowledge about what change management is, and the only experience I had was administering change management surveys at performance programs. So it was very limited in terms of knowledge. But they were actually quite open right from the beginning, Accenture, to tell me that we're not looking for extensive experience. We are looking for young, ambitious, hungry, driven people um, to really come on board and even provide you with training on our change management methodology, our practices. And, and you take it and then you basically deliver that to our clients. You get a lot of support because this is a consultant level. You get a lot of support from managers, senior managers, partners. And and I did really really well in the interviews, um, and I got hired over there as a consultant, and that's uh, what led to my change management journey. That's awesome, and uh, it sounds like it's it's that quote: uh, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." Right, so you might as well uh, go through that. Doing great, yeah, yeah. And and uh, whether you think you're going to be able to grab it, if it seems interesting and you want to go after it, then uh, do that. And I'm wondering if you, if you could share a little bit about, uh, you mentioned that you were one of the first to land a job after graduating. Was there something to that yeah. process where, uh, I don't you were applying earlier, you were networking earlier, you were doing something earlier that allowed you to, to have that uh, kind of situation? Uh, what would you share uh, yeah. on, on that side? Yeah, excellent question. So I would share on that side, uh, you know, a couple of things. One, I think what differentiated me from maybe some of the other folks was, um, I did two internships. Um, a lot of people either did none or they did, they did one internship with a handful of people I think who did two. So that internship put experience onto my resume where a lot of people didn't have that or didn't have as much of that. 
Um, the other thing is I got involved also on campus activities. So I took on a couple of roles on campus, which again demonstrated my leadership uh, skills in addition to just being a student. Um, I also took on a part-time role with the Career Center in the university. So this gave me exposure to, you know, resume writing and, and networking interviews and all of this. Um, so that was another thing I did. And then, yes, I was at that time, um, this was what, I think like close to 15 years ago, using LinkedIn. So not extensively, but I would go on to LinkedIn. I would, so this job actually I found on LinkedIn as well. Uh, search on LinkedIn, connect with people on LinkedIn. So I remember, you know, applying for the job and then messaging the recruiter uh, because the name of the recruiter was posted and I sent them almost like a cover letter, but through LinkedIn telling them, you know, why I would, you know, do really well and how my background matches the position. Um, and, and yeah, so I was, it was to answer your question, a lot of, you know, proactive steps uh, as opposed to hoping that something lands on my plate that seldom happens. I think that's a lot of good advice for the students uh, that are still going through the process out there. If you have a little bit of time, so uh, get involved on campus, career center or otherwise, uh, a lot of areas where you can kind of demonstrate some experience or get exposure to different areas. Uh, internships are wonderful, obviously, if you can actually have them paid or otherwise, right? Obviously, paid is nice. And if you can do more than more than one, <laughs> that's even, even better. Yeah. And then also leveraging some of those uh, best practices on LinkedIn, where after you apply, you make sure that you connect with folks. But even so, even uh, prior to applying, that that would be even even better if you can kind of set yourself up for those future roles after uh, graduating or even later on. So a lot of good things where I'm sure you share a lot of that uh, with with folks uh, who are on the job page um, as a kind of a testament yes. to what they have. And uh, so that kind of led the journey to change management. And then obviously now you're more uh, you're also doing the, the coaching part of it. What kind of led you uh, into into that uh, area? Yeah, so I spent <clears throat> I spent about four years with Accenture. Um, and then I moved on to working for Walmart, so Walmart Canada, uh, in the head office over here in Mississauga, Ontario. Um, and my role over there was focused on uh, setting up or helping setting up a change management uh, practice. So they had change management, but they didn't have you know a specific framework, a methodology, tools, templates for different kinds of you know change plans and communication plans and all of that. So I helped with that. I was I spent about a year and a half in Walmart. And then my position, unfortunately, was eliminated, um, and I was offered a couple of options, but it, it didn't it didn't fit with my aspirations at the time. So again, I was back in the market, and within I think a month, two months, um, I landed my opportunity with Deloitte, um, Deloitte Canada, and this was again through networking, through references. So one of the partners who I used to work with at Accenture, I had reached out to him saying, you know, I'm looking for my next opportunity. Consulting could be an option. And he connected me with um, the consulting lead for Canada um, at Deloitte. The two of them were good friends. Um, and, and of course, you know, I didn't even have to submit a resume. I just went through two rounds of interviews and I received the offer. Yeah. And, and that's probably a good uh, <laughs> note for folks where if, if you're frustrated with the whole applying online, the, the resumes and, and things like that, that's one of the huge values of, of networking where, again, you didn't even have a resume. Uh, you, you still need to go to the interviews because they, they need to bet you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a huge yeah. win if you can land those in, in lieu of uh, having to go to the 
uh, call it the, the lottery of uh, applying online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, Lukian. And, and, you know, relationships and networking is a long-term game, right? Like this is a relationship I built at Accenture with the partner for, you know, many years and, and nothing really materialized in terms of, you know, a benefit from that relationship. Not that I was looking for, for, for you know, something out of that relationship. But then, you know, a few years down the road, I just reached out to a bunch of people who I had, you know, a good relationship with. And he was one of them and he ended up, you know, helping. So a lot of people, they get frustrated, you know, with the job search saying, you know, networking, it's it's not really like I'm not able to form a strong enough relationship. And, you know, now there's a job opening and I can't ask for a referral because I haven't built a relationship. But it's a long term game. It's not necessarily for your next role. It could be the one after that or even the one after. Yeah. What, what comes to mind is the uh, quote, dig your well before you're thirsty. Um, because at some point in your life, you will be thirsty, right? Something will come up and you'll be uh, like eliminated or new circumstance or whatever else. Yeah. And you'll wish you would have started digging yeah. because otherwise you're going to have to start yeah. where you are. Uh, and if you do yeah. so without any expectation of return, that will really help um, because yeah. the, the expression is yeah. like, the more you give, the more you receive, right? And it starts by receive. giving, right? Yeah. It, it, it's the quote's not the more you receive, the more you receive. <laughs> so, so you can't hope to just, yeah. just get, 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 get. The more that you invest in, in your network, your social capital, building meaningful connections, whatever you call it, uh, digging that well, then it, it'll reap rewards later on. And, and sometimes it's, it's just helping others because you might be in the fortunate situation where you're the one helping in the future, which, which uh, obviously makes mm -hmm. folks absolutely. And, and I love if you could share a little bit on, yeah. on the kind of mentoring and coaching. So you obviously set up the, the practice yes. at, at, at Walmart and, and you're doing some of that work at, at Deloitte as well, but on the side, helping enabling folks, what was the process to kind of, uh, I don't know, land your first client or, or helping out on that side? Yeah, yeah. So one thing I didn't mention was, you know, when I was at the University of Toronto doing my undergrad, I also had an internship at that time. Um, in addition to, you know, the two clinical internships, I also had an internship at the career center over there um, in my fourth year, actually, where I was helping um, other fourth year students uh, network and, and fix up their resume and make connections with employers. Um, so, so this was my first exposure to, you know, careers and job searching and all of this. And then again, I had that experience at uh, my master's at the career center working over there. But so I had had two of these experiences, which meant that, you know, I had, um, some sort of experience and some sort of inclination towards helping other people from a career perspective. Now, when the pandemic hit, you know, back in March, 2020, this is where obviously a lot of people got displaced, lost their jobs, there were hiring freezes. And I had a flood of people. I mean, I always get a lot of people reaching out to me on LinkedIn on a weekly basis. But at that specific time, I had loads and loads of messages of people saying, Johan, you know, um, <clears throat> we want to get into Deloitte or can you help us with our career or can you help us decide what's next? And, and because of the volume, I was not able to, to help everyone in a timely fashion. And whoever I used to help, they used to always say, Yohan, you've given me so much information, so much value. And, you know, I feel bad that it's all, you know, pro bono. <laughs> so one, one, of the, one of the ladies, she actually said, Yohan, you know, you've spent a lot of time behind me. Uh, here's $100. And, and that was very, obviously, very, you know, kind and thoughtful of her. 
and then that triggered the whole um you know i guess entrepreneur spirit in me to to awaken and and yeah i mean for me it's you know my full time job is with deloitte canada so this is more even right now even though it's been 3 years i look at it more as a passion project where i am you know i'm just uh, grateful and, and really thankful to be able to be in a position where i have worked at some of these big name companies and i have kind of you know used a bunch of different strategies from you know resume and cover letter in the early part of my um, of my uh, journey to then networking and references and and personal branding towards the latter half to get my roles at walmart even with walmart there was no resume required walmart and then with deloitte as well so i just teach them the journey that i have been through myself Uh, and that's how I got into career coaching. I also, you know, when I was with Accenture, I did a lot of volunteer work with companies like Access Employment uh, and Triac um, as part of you know the volunteer efforts that the companies undertake. So I had a lot of exposure over there as well, working with new immigrants, and that continues till date. Um, I, I do a lot of work right now for Achieve, mm-hmm. uh, Achieve Canada. Uh, helping you know typically a lot of marginalized women uh, new immigrants who you know for whatever reasons are are have a setback in terms of their careers and you know huge gaps in employment and just helping them back to get back on track with their life with their careers that's amazing so it's awesome how you practice what you preach and just basically share all the experiences because that's oftentimes how it starts right if you've gone through it yourself then sharing what you've been through yeah. is is easy right so you don't have to uh like fake it till you make it you, this is just i went through this this helped me hopefully it'll help other people as well and obviously there's there's a lot more to 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 go through uh you'll have a very fruitful career at at Deloitte and helping folks coaching on the side and who who knows what other amazing things uh there and uh if you we could go back and share some of this like the stuff i wish i knew earlier i know you already shared a whole bunch of them but if you have any any pivotal moments where johan at uh in high school university uh uh when your position at walmart was limited or whatever what are some of the pieces mm-hmm. of swipe that you have for yourself uh, during any of those times yeah yeah so i'll share a couple more you know when when you are in high school and 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 you are transitioning transitioning into you know going for college or going for university i would say don't wait until you get to grade 12 uh before you start thinking about what's next for you right even in high schools you know there is a career center there is an office that helps you with decisions around your career so i would say you know one or two years before at least get some direction you don't have to decide exactly you know what you want to do but get some direction in terms of what field uh would be good for you you know what college would be good for you and then what program would be good for you there's a lot of you know uh teachers you can talk to guidance counselors you can talk to as well and then the same advice from you know going from university or college onto the real world right um start in your second year start in your third year don't wait until you know the final semester of your fourth year to think about you know what can i do with this marketing degree or what can i do with this you know undergraduate degree in finance do i need to do my masters uh, right so talk to people again you know you may find some people who with an undergraduate degree have been successful obtaining good employment with a you know decent reputable employer getting good compensation as well uh, or you may find that you know 8 out of 10 people have spoken to they really went on to do an mba or a pmp or whatever that is to to really re- reach that level i think uh, also gaining clarity in terms of what you want to do first before you go and start you know 
talking to people and having those conversations. Sit down with yourself, do some self-reflection. Uh, in fact, Luki has you know posted a video not too long ago on how do you discover your purpose. Yeah. Uh, I really like that video. Uh, and in, in there, there's a bunch of different exercises you can do to figure out, you know, what 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 is your purpose on a broader scheme, but then within that, you know, what roles, what industries, what companies uh, would be best for you, right? Uh, and then, of course, your values, what's most important to you in terms of, uh, you know, what matters most, right? So look at that as well. Um, I would say also have some mentors outside of the formal education space. So for me, it was my older brother. For you, it could be your parents or an older sibling or an uncle or an aunt, right? So pick one or two people who have, again, been through that journey, possibly, you know, similar to yours, who you can look up, look, look up to for guidance and support. Uh, and then the last thing I would say is, you know, this, this whole journey of, of career can be very intimidating. So surround yourself with people who can be your cheerleader, right? People who believe in yourself, people who believe in your worth. Um, so, so you always have those positive people around you, especially during times when you know you feel dejected or there are rejections coming through or you feel very lost and confused. Um, these people can make a big difference. Sounds good. A lot of great uh, words of wisdom there, uh, starting from the, the last one, like surrounding yourself with cheerleaders. I equate that to like that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most yes. time with. So similar in vain, uh, if you're with more positive people, those that'll encourage you, then chances are you'll do better. Uh, there are people who are like more pessimistic or realist or whatever, <laughs> but oftentimes that doesn't, that might not help you uh, as much as someone who is more positive and optimistic, right? Uh, mentors outside the education system, I think that's super important. And it doesn't have to be a relative. I mean, uh, it could be mm -hmm. older brothers, aunts, yeah. uncles, and stuff like that. That seems to be closest, but it could be, just someone that uh, I don't know, your coach for for pick up basketball or someone or someone that you yeah, just yeah, it could be a friend as well. Yeah. Exactly. So it could be someone where you aspire to be, and with things like LinkedIn, you can reach out and connect with them, right? It, it is possible. Um, now that they could say no, but why not give it give it a shot? And then uh, really taking the time to start early and understanding what you want, uh, getting clarity, your values, all these different exercises, whether it's before grade 12 or in, in first, second, third year university, that sort of stuff. Don't wait until, oh, you're just at the cusp of graduation, <laughs> have to make these big, yeah. big decisions. Because a lot of it is is the exploration, right? So there's some of you out there who are listening that know exactly what you want. This That's probably much easier for you to do. But for those of you who are still figuring it out and need to explore, We'll start earlier and then constantly revisit some of those uh, assumptions that you have because what you thought when you were in first year in grade nine might be totally different than what you experienced a little bit later. So I think a lot of that is great yeah. words of wisdom. So if you can share a little bit about what you'll be up to in the next little while, any sort of future aspirations, and then if folks want to reach out to you, where can they connect with you? Absolutely, Luki. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, you know, for your uh, for for your time today, as well as you know, for interviewing me today. In terms of my future aspirations, for now, my mind is just focused on the little baby. Uh, <laughs> so it's you know, it's personal aspirations, I guess, uh, taking priority over professional aspirations. So yeah, just spending as much time with him, taking care of him, being supportive, you know, because my wife has a has a pretty hectic schedule herself. And it's just the two of us at home with him. So, so balancing that um, in terms from a professional perspective, yes, I I want to go back and and continue with Deloitte Canada and see you know where have they 
you know, where have they reached from when I left them to see, you know, what kind of projects are going on because it was quite interesting, the work we were doing. Uh, in addition to Deloitte, I also want to, you know, continue doing my coaching. I find a lot of fulfillment, uh, especially in the coaching, um, you know, coaching people who are underprivileged, coaching people who have gone through tough times and really then seeing them transform, seeing them succeed gives me a lot of joy. So that's something I don't want to give up. Um, possible possibility to scale that, um, you know, to scale that coaching, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say, you know, with, with two girls and the little one at home, sometimes, you know, you have aspirations, but then, uh, you know, life, life happens. Uh, my wife, Shien, who is also uh, a mutual connection, she is, you know, she's an entrepreneur and she does a lot of coaching herself executive coaching. So we've been in talks as well for the two of us possibly to uh, combine our offerings and do something uh, on a bigger scale. So that's a possibility as well. So many things up in the air right now, but hopefully the next few months I'll have more clarity. Sounds good. And folks want to reach out though, LinkedIn is probably the best place for them. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't use much of the other social media platforms. So I'm not definitely not on TikTok, not on Instagram and not on X or, or Facebook. Uh, so yes, LinkedIn would be the go-to place. Um, and I, I accept most of the connection requests I get, unless if you have like one connection or if you don't have a picture, then I might be a little suspicious, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, feel free to reach out, send me a note as well, saying you know, where you saw me or heard me, and I would be more than happy to accept and connect with you. Sounds good. So thank you so much, Johan, for sharing your journey, the stuff I wish on you earlier, again, lots of words of wisdom and, uh, probably more future podcasts, uh, that we can do a deep dive and, uh, thanks so much for taking the time and hopefully we'll have yeah. you back for a future episode. I would love that Luki. Thank you again. Thanks for your time as well. And thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us on the Swike stuff. I wish I knew earlier the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.